Welcome to One Decent Pastor, a weekly podcast of The Door located in Central Oregon, where three completely average guys join forces to make One Decent Pastor and to discuss, discover, and promote all things Bible. Should have been on the air. Yeah. And speaking of on the air, we're live. Okay, Chad, how's your internet? <laughs> yeah, we don't have internet, and it's like 1930. They turned it off when? They closed our account accidentally, evidently, and they can close it in an instant, but it takes four days to get it back on. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't that's understand that. That's a cons- there's something going on there. So yeah. You guys are living in the Stone Ages right now? Playing stinking cards. That's bad. That's sad. Nothing else Cribbage. to do. Isn't there something refreshing about it, though? <laughs> At well, all? Do you feel clean? I, I was winning at cards. <laughs> not the card part. The not, that, having, that, <laughs> not having yeah. internet. Like, it's kind of like a fast in a way. Some, like somebody in their a house little, is a sore loser is all I'm going to say. So, <laughs> you want to get that know. in? <laughs> I probably shouldn't <laughs> have said that. I'm trying to save you from saying <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, when we go to we go to Triangle Lake in the summertime, and Joy's family has their get-together there, <laughs> and there is, same there is no Nothing. reception. You can just throw your phone in the trailer. You can turn it off and just leave it in the car. You don't even have to take it with you. It's, a, it's, fa- it's a fast, like it's, a legitimate yeah, it's, fast. It's and you feel nice. born again when you leave. You're like, yeah. oh, we're like, hello, Jesus. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, give me Hello, that. Jesus. I got, a lot of, I got a lot of catching that, up to do. It needs to be on a T-shirt. Yeah. Hello, hello Jesus. Hello, Jesus. <laughs> you got to say it right. <laughs> hey, it's a few days from Christmas. You guys you guys ready? Yeah. You got it all, all set? What do yep. you got to do, David? I still don't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. I'm getting there. Like, I'm chipping away at it, but. All right. You know. Don't you just have one person to buy for? Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well. Anyhow, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Good. What, what's, what, what, are the, what are the Christmas plans? Anything exciting? Prime rib. Prime rib is exciting. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. That's pretty much all I care about and look forward to. Well. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Hello, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Incarnation, yeah. prime rib. Anyhow. <laughs> One of those things is not like the others. <laughs> yeah. We, we have no, uh, we have like no, f- my parents uh, are going to be with us in the afternoon. But other than that, we have like all the kids are off seeing the other side of their family. Oh. That's just how it is now. And that's really weird to us, dude. We've never had that. So me yeah. and Carrie are getting, uh, I made reservations at the lodge to have breakfast christmas morning which is weird we've never gone out for breakfast it's just going to be a different kind of christmas so huh but prime rib is the, uh, is the yeah. constant that, that is on the menu for the afternoon nice so yeah. well that's not nothing happy I will, days i can picture you now just staring at the rotisserie i usually right. pull a chair into the kitchen so i can just sit in front of the rotisserie and watch it spin <laughs> and watch drip. it for hours some guys watch football some guys you know some yeah. guys watch football uh, david <laughs> watches his prime rib turn i do and cook mm-hmm Nice. That's awesome. What about you guys? Specialness? Family? Yeah, just getting together with the family. Yep. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah, we've got a couple of kids aren't going to be there. Some of them have to have dinner plans with the other side of the family, but I think there's a chunk in the middle of the day where, where most of us will be together, but two daughters won't be there. So, But mm. all in all, grandkids will all be there and yeah, should be a kind of crazy fun day. So Yeah, yeah. we'll be missing one that's not coming home, but uh, yeah. other than that, I think everybody's getting together. Yeah, I don't want to hear about grandkids being there. That's what oh, stinks the most. Yeah. yeah. Is that we're not going to have the grand. It is fun to. And Lincoln this year is going to be like. Can't you just blast. do it on a different day? Like just do the we presents? We are. Okay, good. We're doing it like Saturday morning. Okay. They're coming over and we're doing our presents. But just, I don't know, something about Christmas Day. And yeah. Everybody together. Right. 
All right. Whatever. How do you guys uh, uh, generally feel about social media? Uh, you know, you've got, we've all got the accounts and we have to, like it's a love-hate thing. Um, you have it. Are you happy you have it? Chad yeah. doesn't care. Well, he doesn't care right now. now. Yeah, right now he doesn't know anything because he yeah, doesn't I, I, internet. Yeah, I have no internet. Living in the Stone Ages, man. I don't know what's going on in the world in the last couple of days. Um, yes, I think social media is the downfall of society. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> is coming super I mean, soon. I'm into it, but it's the downfall of society. <laughs> As pastors, you happy you have your social media accounts? Look, it's like a, it's a, such a it's like anything, right? I'll yeah. I'll just say it. If we use it or intend it for good, right, it's helpful. If we don't, it'll kill us. And like as a past pastorally, there like I have been blessed with the the resources and the expediency of those resources, like the availability of the resources, sure. the access to them. Like it's amazing as pastorally when I'm in that mode and I'm looking for something that, but if I'm not in that mode, I see all kinds of stuff I want to see. <laughs> right. That's and then the, it starts doing other you, things. You see the worst of people on social media. It stinks. Yeah. That's the, as a pastor, I'm, I'm glad I have it because it gives you, it helps you to have kind of your pulse a little bit on what's going on in the world. Sometimes what's going on in people's lives, you know, we're called to shepherd right. people and you do get a pretty good glimpse sometimes of, of what's real that you might not get otherwise that can be, you know, helpful perhaps and sometimes discouraging, but it also gives you a kind of a, a, your thumb on the pulse of what's going on in the church. Yeah, for sure. And um, that's one of the things I, I, kind of really am happy that I, I, that's one of the reasons when I get on there every day and look and stuff comes across my feed and it's like, Oh, this is happening. That's happening. This is a big deal. Um, I, I'm wiser for it maybe. And I, also I like seeing sure. a lot of that. So, so I like what's going on in the church yeah. as a whole, um, not, not just near, but far, you know, yeah. right. globally, you're able to get a lot of information, a lot of articles that just bring you up to date on something you otherwise would have no clue about as far as what God's doing somewhere else or, um, yeah, like the, like the articles are good too that people write. Yeah, I think, like you're gonna right maybe go into today. Yeah, Super that's like helpful. just today I got on because uh, um, we don't get magazines anymore that yeah. we can touch. Some and people do flip and smell. I, I could go for a magazine. right We now. talk about this all the time, man. I miss magazines, <laughs> uh-huh. dude. But whatever. Uh, good good riddance. So I, I have to go here yeah. to get an yeah. article. I don't uh, want whatever papers, magazines. It just doesn't love it. They clutter up the joint. Uh, again, Jesus is coming back until you don't have internet. Well, then, then it'd be a problem, but right. but I would hotspot. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. I'd have been fine. Yeah, I, <laughs> I could go for a newspaper right now, crying yeah. out loud. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, just the, to case in point, today I got on just for a few minutes before uh, came to do this, and uh, John Piper is celebrating fifty-five years of marriage. I saw that. I saw that. It's D. A. Carson's birthday today. So, shout out to D. A. I'm sure yeah. he tunes in. Every yeah, week. I'm sure both of them do. So, so. Uh, we'll talk soon. And then Hulk Hogan got baptized. Uh, yeah, brother. <laughs> oh wait. <laughs> Brother, that was r- real and recent. Hulk Hogan got baptized. So I, I saw that, and uh, the pictures were so bad that I thought it was some like thing that happened in no. like deep history. Yeah, no, he said it was the greatest day of his life. Yeah, no, like that's legit. Came to Christ, got baptized. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, with his family, it looked like too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I saw it today. See, God could save anybody. (laughs) (laughs) That was something kind of, I mean, again. No, that's cool. You know, you do see a lot of Well, you had, like, I I was more in tune to, like, Kat Von D and that whole thing that went down, like, a month ago. She was a huge tattoo artist that was a little on the the dark side, and I I, I used to watch her show where she would tat people up and, Mm -hmm. like, enjoyed it, and it's like, yeah, this chick's, like, a little dark, but uh, she's talented. Um, And so that was amazing to see someone like that 
crossover. No, she right? switched teams like fully. Yeah. She even switched <laughs> teams more than, more yeah. than some Christians that have been Christians longer than her. Yeah. Like she's actually schooling some people in some of her interviews right now yeah. for just the way Christians are treating her. And it's like, good for you. Like you actually, I mean, not that she's being mean to other Christians, but yeah. that she understands the difference right. um, that a lot of people don't. So yeah, no, that, that was huge. And you see it on only social media. Yeah. Wouldn't have known otherwise. Yeah. So uh, we get the, the good and the bad, and sometimes the yeah. ugly as well. A uh, quote came across one of the things I looked at this week, and it's a, it was a Keller quote. Keller, people like to just rip on the guy, and I, I don't fully understand it. Um, that, you know, he gets picked on a lot. So he comes up with this, what I thought was a pretty kind of a silly quote, harmless, but I thought good. So his quote was this, and then, and then the response that he got from another guy that we actually know and follow. Uh, he's just called Whitebeard on Twitter. I don't know if I should say his name, but you can find him if you want. But let me give you the quote by Keller. The and wicked then, Whitebeard of the West. <laughs> yeah. I'll give, you the, I'll awesome. give you the Keller quote was just this. It's about Christmas. And this was from 2018. He's obviously not with us anymore. It says, the God of the universe became a wiggly baby in order to get close to you. Uh, the Wiggly Baby thing is weird, but but that. the idea is that I get it. I mean, it's the incarnation. It's this yeah. idea that a, a helpless babe, yes, um, to get close to us, yes, it's it, true. I understand what he's saying. It but seems yeah. a little weird for a Keller quote. Like usually, he's it, a little it, more it really academic does. than it, that. It, you know, I'm, I love Keller. Yeah. Not a fan of that quote. I get where he's getting at. I mean, I'm I'm teaching on this for my yeah. Christmas message, like God with us, near us, and it's the whole. You know, it's the incarnation thing, obviously. It's Christmas. Um, but just the way it was said was kind of like, yeah, it sounds weird. Fair yeah. enough. But a true right. a true sentiment nonetheless. Sure. It, it encapsulates true. John 3.16. It's this idea, uh, God so loved the world, he gave his son, um, you know, in part to get close to us. I mean, that's what that's what John 14 wiggling is. wiggling Well, forget baby. the wiggly thing. <laughs> wiggling. <laughs> uh, anyway, here's the response. <laughs> this is the response that came from Whitebeard. No, sir. The second person of the Trinity took on perfect human nature first and foremost to bring glory to the triune God in the redemption of a completely unworthy people upon whom the triune God had decreed mercy and grace and eternity past. That's not getting close to you. You, you know, the coolest thing about that is the way you <laughs> the way I read it. The way you read <laughs> right. The way you inserted your attitude into it. Right. I so can't like, help uh, it. So I don't like that quote either. Are you going to say the dude's name so people know him other than White? It's Beard? James White. <clears throat> okay, James White. And James okay. White, uh, great. Uh, he's a dude that gets into debates with other people uh, online, and and uh, I'd, I'd say he's somebody that um, theologically, for the most part, we agree with. Probably sometimes a little on the harsh side yeah. and, and the way he comes across, but, but a good dude in general. Again, yeah. his, his quote is also true, but just <laughs> right. the way he says it is like, no, thank you. Right. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that I guess when I'm thinking about social media and stuff and the way we treat each other, especially as Christians, this is one Christian man yeah. talking to another Christian man, well-known guys. I mean, there's just no, no charity. And, and I just, and again, maybe the way I read it was worse than, than, than it deserved. <laughs> if so, so, I'm sorry, but it's just like, <laughs> seriously, it it, it, you know, God, God, Hey, God, the incarnation happened. Christmas is about God getting close it was, to us. It was like no, were, sir. It was like you were singing a hymn and stomping violently on something at the same time. <laughs> like that's ever happened, David. Right. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's no. move on. Anyway, I just I thought it was funny because it's like you've got two very accurate things. Yeah. You know what what White's saying is true and from respectable guys, but they don't cancel each other out. And, right. and I don't know. I wish that's the one thing I I really right. don't like about social media is is the way people just. You know, let it fly and blast each other. Blast each right. other, and, yeah. and especially Christians. So, I guess my Christmas wish 
love each other, uh-huh. my dear little children. Well, this is part love of what we one talked another. about last week, right? In the discussion, is like there's no like people read critically and stuff like that, but no one has charity towards each other. And that's one of those examples where, like, it was just completely unnecessary for that kind of a response. Right. Like, even if, yeah. regardless of how you feel about Keller, like, there's no reason you needed to go <laughs> full blast on that Keller quote over social media. Right. Right. Like somebody just, somebody compared him to, like, a first-year Bible student, um, you know, that, that comes home for Christmas vacation by, and wants to correct everybody yeah, in yeah. the room. <laughs> by the way, I'm, I'm going to just be honest for a second say this is part of the reason like you don't see anything from me on social media yeah is because i also have these tendencies like i'm gonna right, sit here right, and rip right. on like james white and say like this is ugly but that's that's part of the reason i like resist because i have so many things to say when i read social media there's so many responses i want to yeah. give theologically to that, people that's fair and they're and they're not going to be good they're probably going to be ugly because i'm also an idiot. Just create a fake account called William Wallace. There we go. That's <laughs> and the say whatever you want to. Chris Kringle. <laughs> no, pastor did that. No, I thought about that. Like maybe I should just create a, fa- a fake account and then I can say whatever I feel like saying. So, so that's but, why Reddit is helpful. But even there, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a hole you don't want to start going That'd down. Be, I'm going to find your fake account and follow it. It's called yeah, Blackbeard. <laughs> Graybeard. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that there's that one. So the next. Next one I saw. Basque beard. Yeah, Basque. There you go. There we go. Next one I saw, less controversial, and I'll try to read it in normal. <laughs> the timbre of my voice. you think voice. you can do it? <laughs> I'll try. This was from a, a site you turned us on to, David, called Imprecatory Psalms for Dads and Malms. Malms. Yeah, and not moms, but moms. Which M-A-L-M-S. Yeah. It's got a rhyme psalms. Anyway, this is something we've talked about before, and we've run into other pastors that, that have different ideas about this, so I thought it'd be kind of fun to talk about. He says, one of the main problems with the church today is that many pastors view the church as a place for unbelievers when it is supposed to be primarily a place for the saints. Hmm. Agree, disagree? What do you think? I think we, in a statement like that, we try to create a, a dichotomy that maybe isn't fully Totally, true, dude. Right. That's so, good. I mean, I would agree that the, that the church is a place primarily for believers. Um, but that doesn't mean that unbelievers don't come in. That doesn't mean that people that you think are believers are unbelievers sitting in your midst. And, and so I don't think it's just a hard, you know, one or the other. Agreed. No, I, I totally agree. I hate, I've seen this before in the past, yeah. that people go back and forth on, like, by definition, the church is the called out ones. It is right. made up of saved people only. There is the invisible, invisible aspect of it, reality right. of it, like you just said. But by definition, it is... <laughs> the the gathering the assembly of saved people right so it's for it's about the saved people right but do we not want unsaved people to see or experience or you know rub up against what believers do and how they come together and what that looks like and be attracted to it and again paul seems to be okay with it we've talked about this before uh, where, where was it first corinthians 14 Right. Yeah. They're all speaking in tongues. And his argument is like, <clears throat> if outsiders come in, which we should expect them to, in, in, in other words, into the midst of the assembly of believers, the church, like we need to pay attention to what we're doing and how we're doing it so that it can be accessible for them. So like Paul's mindful of, hmm. of non, in my opinion, he's clearly mindful right. and expectant 
that non-believers will come into them, but the church is just made up of believers. So. I, I kind of, I, I'm struggling to kind of, because we've talked to some pastors that have the same mindset, and I don't, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know if their church just doesn't have anybody that ever visits, or if they're just positive that everybody in their seats truly are born again. Um, I don't know, not to be rude, but right. I don't, we have a lot of people visiting and I question a lot of people that sit in our pews, you know, okay. not, not, not everybody, but I mean, there's people that have been around that, you know, you're not sure where people stand. I mean, I don't just assume that everybody that says they're a believer is a believer. Right. So you're always kind of mindful right. of the fact that they're, you're going to have wheat and tares growing right. up next to each other. This is part of the norm. Well, in all fairness, this is why, this is why some people are, are so staunch on membership is yeah. because they are trying to work out those unknown things about right. people that are sitting in their midst. And we know a couple of them yeah. that, <clears throat> that are very heavy on it. Um, but it doesn't guarantee I, anything either. Yeah. It doesn't because you can answer the questions right. the proper right. way and everything else. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, how, how do you know? If you're having a public gathering, right, even if it's the gathering of saints, how do you stop other people because it's public from coming in freely right. and willingly? And, yeah. and, and, and do you want to? So, so I, yeah. I, I get if there's if there's a, a clear tear in the wheat field that's um, just completely like having their way with the flock. Like there's like negative things happening because of this person being present. That has to be dealt with. The Bible gives us ways to deal with that. But right. I think I think that's the worry, right? Like that's the scare. Uh, why it needs to only be for the church and nobody else is because they're going to come in and contaminate the church. It could happen, right? But a lot, but a, but a lot of times, you you just got a mixed bag of people that are sitting under the gospel and kind of doing the same things and looking the same way. And yeah, how do you know? You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What, I, I'm rambling today, <laughs> uh-huh. and I said I wasn't going to talk, and that's why I'm not going to talk. I, I, I might even, and this is this is my my soapbox. I tend to get up on, but I might even go like that statement just you know consumerism in the church like people's approach to the church is like what's in it for me and i think you know we're going to talk a little more later about kind of getting outside of ourselves but um you know whether church is you know whether you think it's for the believer or for the unbeliever like if your approach to church is like it's all about me and what i get out of it like you're you're missing a pretty big chunk of something yeah yeah i think i think we just need to be mindful of the fact that um somebody coming in from the outside into our midst is, is actually an opportunity yeah. um, for us to, for them to see the love of God on display sure. in the midst of people. I mean, this is what, what an amazing thing to have and, and that we would encourage that, not cater the whole church service to them right. or to try to try to win them in some weird way. I think right. people do that. Like, man, if we have some really good music that can relate to and things like that, I think that's the seeker sensitive no, sure. kind of mindset of like, let's, let's try to win these people. in. we did that in a youth group in Idaho. I've talked about it before where they had all these events and they, they got all the non-Christian kids to come but they paid no attention to the Christian kids. There was nothing there for them at all. It was just a fun and games time. Yeah. And you ended up alienating, you know, the people that you were really um, there to minister to. And so, you know, as pastors, we're, we're supposed to be, be making disciples. Um, but that does include people that aren't believers yet. You know, we're right. supposed to be discipling continually, teaching people the commands, you know, trying to get people in. And so, I don't know, to me, it's not a, it, like, I think, well, we started out by saying yep. it's a false dichotomy is, yes. is perfect. Because it can be, it's one of those things, again, that can be misused both ways. Right. There's two extremes. Sure. Right? One is to say, like, we don't want to take any chances of an unbeliever, an outsider yeah. being right. in our midst. And the other one is that we're going to do everything as a church in order to attract non-believers. Yeah. Th- yeah. Those are the two. Yeah, like, that, that's a fair point. Those are the two er- errors. 
but like in and of itself, like there, there is somewhere in the middle where it just, it naturally works and does its thing and it's fine. I'm, yeah. I, I feel like right. we've struck that balance well over I, the I years. And, I, and again, I don't know, I, I don't know how much of it we can take credit for. We just have tried to create an atmosphere where people feel welcome when they come in. Yeah. Um, they're hearing God's word preached. We're not compromising There's on the messages, yeah. um, which I think is, you know, hundred percent what we and should do. And nothing we do when we get together is done well. <laughs> so it's not that no <laughs> we can't be accused of that that's true but anyway uh thought it was helpful um we'll, we'll run this video i think next this is something that uh i saw we get a video we, we get a video we get to watch so a movie? we're gonna people, try people aren't gonna be able yeah. to see it but you'll be able to hear it uh you know so it'll work i think but this this came across um a bunch of people started tagging uh, this video in their feeds and I, and I saw it repeatedly. So finally I had to listen to it and, uh, and it was like, this is pretty good. So I guess yeah, we'll just so, let it run. So and, thank you, social media. Yeah. All right. All right. Here's, we're going to attempt to do this. I'm honest. I never really liked the church. I didn't even really like Christians that much. I used to think of it like a package deal. Like you get Jesus and so you get the church and Christians thrown. It's just, and uh, there are some bits you like, Jesus, some bits you don't like so much, just like the church and Christians um, used to find that a bit annoying. But I'd turn up the church and go through it, but I didn't really enjoy going to church. And then one day, uh, I was at the back of our church in East London, and someone said to me, oh, we need help to run the coffee team. And I was like, I was like working like 70, 80 hour a week. I'm like, what? And they were like, yeah, we, Steve, we really need your help running the coffee team on a Sunday. And I was thinking, I'm a barrister, I'm not a barista. Like, I've got a job, I don't need another job to run a coffee team. But I just, you know, sometimes you, you just can't even think of what to say. So I was like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it, okay. And, and I instantly thought, why did I do that? So I turned up next week, like, you know, trying to get the cups and everything, get the coffee right. As I handed these cups to people, something really changed in me. I found myself, as I handed coffee to these people, growing in love for them. I was like, these people are amazing. Like this is this extraordinarily diverse community. It's been gathered from across the area, probably not another place that looks as diverse and integrated as this. This is a miracle. And then I, even people I found a little bit more frustrating and complicated, as I handed them their coffee, I kind of grew in love with them. And I kind of basically fell in love with the church. And then I kind of went back to the person who'd asked me to do it. I said, we need a new coffee machine. We need better beans. We need better mugs. Like, we, come on, these are amazing people. I want this to be the best coffee that they get. You know, they, they're coming to church on a Sunday morning. I got more and more passionate. I started to build a team to serve coffee on a Sunday morning. I sometimes say making coffee changed my life because I fell in love with the Church of Jesus Christ. I didn't realize why it was special. I didn't realize why it mattered. And as I made coffee for people, I suddenly realized, oh, the church is like, the bride of Jesus Christ. It's like the thing he gave himself for. Like the church is God's plan for the salvation of the world. There's no plan B and God is going to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So like God is putting all his eggs in the church basket. And I realized over those few weeks, there's a beautiful thing here. Yes, it messes up. Yes, it makes mistakes. You'll never find a perfect church but it's a beautiful thing. And I thought, that's what I want to spend my life building. Sound like Barry Waters. <laughs> I don't know Barry. So. Oh, I thought you did. Oh. No. Yeah. Well, you know what? Forget it. <laughs> that was a reference nobody got, David. <laughs>
He didn't sound like he was from around these parts. We almost needed we almost needed subtitles at one point. <laughs> oh, good. He said, he said, I'm a barrister, not a barista. And I thought that was funny. That's the title of the video. But anyway, uh, what'd you think? Thanks, Chad. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. I that's, don't. That's, that's kind of cool. I don't think this is something people get. It's the service yeah. component. Yeah. When we stop going, what can you do for me? And we put ourselves in any position that says, what can I do for you? It changes things. Right. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people um, I talk to don't like the church. Like he started out by saying, I didn't really like Christians. You know, I wanted to be, I liked Christ, but I didn't really yeah. like the people. Um, they don't like Christians. They don't like the church. They don't really see a value in the church or in coming to church. Um, and it's usually because of the things you mentioned a second ago. You know, the music's not what I want it to be, and the children's right. programs aren't what they want, you know, and all those kinds of consumeristic kind of things. And this guy was right there. And, uh, the thing that changed it was something as mundane as just making coffee for yeah. people and handing them their coffee. Yeah. I, um, I love how he said that as he handed people their cups, he fell in love with them. Yeah. That's rad. That, that was a cool statement. Yeah. As he's serving them yeah. on this very simplistic, ordinary level. Right. It, something happened inside. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that, that's how God does things. I, I, this is one of those areas where I just wish everybody, and again, we need to make opportunity for it. Um, you know, the coffee ministry is probably something most people don't even think of as a big deal. It's, it's just a very minor thing. But um, the more opportunities that we can create for people to get involved and to use their gifts and to serve and to, you know, do this, the better. And, and so probably um, I, I wish that every person would find an area to, to serve in. And I don't know right. what that looks like or what it means. Um, children's ministry is probably the most neglected area of the church. That's yeah. the place people don't want to get involved the most. It's the one that we want to pay right. somebody to do. So that we don't have to. But again, the opportunity to, to meet the kids, to <laughs> yeah. serve them well, to meet the parents that are dropping the kids off, to make right. those connections. I mean, that that's a no-brainer. You to know, me it's, so it's, what's so cool is even seeing, like, um, like a lot of the people that we have volunteering, or like, in the nursery yeah. here are, are grandparents. They're, yeah, um, right. Great-grandparents. They're, like, yeah. in their 70s or even 80s, and they're down there with these little infants and these little toddlers, and... That's like amazing to me. And they're doing it on purpose. <laughs> like yeah. They have this, this, they, they get it. You know right, what I mean? Right. And that they're putting themselves in that position, that kind of service that nobody else wants to do. Like it kind of, it kind of touches me a little bit. Yeah. yeah it's, I agree. it's a big deal. And yeah. it's a lesson for the yeah. rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys for doing that. Yeah. If you've been uh, sitting on the sidelines at church and, and kind of wanting there to be more to church than what you're, have been experiencing, um, I think this guy's tapped into the answer. It's not complex. It's it's simple. It's right there. It's just to begin to serve the people around you. Uh, just the mindset when you come to church again is not not what am I here to get? Um, who am I here to love? And and right. uh, you know one of the greatest easiest things to do is just um, find somebody to talk to, find somebody to encourage, find somebody to pray with on a Sunday morning. Just come with like that's what I want to do. I want to meet somebody new. I want to pray for somebody today, and I want to say something encouraging to somebody. Yeah, you come in with like that kind of an attitude mindset. It, it'll change your whole yeah, church like, experience. Like I want right. to make a difference, even if it's on the smallest level. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Help me to do that, Lord. And then, so you're coming with that um, awareness. Yeah. yeah. Well, I even think of people that, um, you know, they, they come, they consume, you know, whatever they consume, and then they leave. Yep. 
and, and they don't think about, you know, what you're talking about. Yeah. And, and just, you know, how those people are missing out on, you know, a big part of the church when they don't take time to engage, when they don't take time to serve um, and get to know other people. I mean, that's just such a beautiful part of the church is just to get to know the people that are in it. Yeah. Well, that's why, that's why it even gets old for a lot of those people. Like, I don't have statistics for this, but I think I've right. seen a pattern over the years of people that, that never jump into a a place of service at some point get bored, right? Whether it's a year later, two years later, and they're down the road, they're looking for something new, yeah, definitely. Right? Because it's it's all it's all about how they're staying, right? It's stopped me excited their needs for whatever reason. Yes, but the people that crawl into the tent, the trenches, and serve, see, they seem to be more lifers, yeah, more long timers, yeah, yeah. That's probably a fair point. Yeah, it is. It is funny that I have no stats to back that. <laughs> up. No, but the relationship dynamic does change when you begin to. Uh, to pray for a person or to serve a person when, when they, they, when they become somebody um, that, that you kind of, I don't know, just begin to have compassion and understanding for. I can't tell you how many times that's happened with me where, you know, not, we all have people that annoy us and that irritate us and you see them <laughs> coming and it's like, you know, um, you start praying for that person though. Um, before long, you can't help but care about them sure. and what they're going through, and it, and it changes. And it's been funny to see how, you know, people can just win you over all of a sudden to where now they're like a brother or sister in a close relationship because of right. those things. So, so yeah, if, if you want more out of church, I think that's, that's the obvious answer. We're going to have like 60 people sign up for coffee ministry. <laughs> that would, this. that would be okay. You know, there's so many other things too, but the like Sunday school, no coffee ministry. Yeah. I yeah. think I could. <laughs> even something like the women's ministry um, group that just kind of formed and started. Now you've got this group of ladies that are, that are, combining forces or, you know, um, to come together with ideas and, you know, they've got this purpose that they're, they're working on together. That changes so much. Um, you know, whatever. So th- there's all kinds of crazy so ideas, you know, you we you might call that one decent ladies ministry. <laughs> combining forces. I can't remember how many there are in there, but it's <laughs> five, five, five or six different women. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, they're all a, a force to be reckoned with, but it's pretty cool. So all right, I got one more. It's, it's a, it might be a little bit of a long one, but maybe not. So, uh, don't do it. <laughs> just, just stop. <laughs> so this is a guy on Twitter that I wa- uh, saw. His name is Josh Howerton. I just started following him recently, but he tweeted this thing out, and it, like immediately it started getting all kinds of crazy responses, like three hundred fifty thousand views last time I looked, which was a few days ago, and people were um, not happy with with what he wrote. And, and he basically said, "Beware of lists like this about Jesus." He gives these two lists, and he's saying, "Beware of both, both of these them. lists, yeah. not just one." People looked at the first one and just went off on the guy. <laughs> and, and and what he's trying to basically, I think, do is is say, as Christians, we have this tendency, or as maybe I don't want to say Christians because I, I don't know, I think non Christians do it too. Sure. They want to take Jesus and make him like their personal mascot for their agenda and the things they believe and the things that they think are important. And so, um, you know, this version of Jesus backs up what I Look, if we can get Jesus on our side, <laughs> exactly. like we're feeling pretty good about it. Uh, right. I'm feeling 100% better about myself. <laughs> That's you know got I mean? to be it. And you're right, it's, it's believers and non-believers. If we can get God on our side or to agree with us, yeah. then we're rocking. Right. So these lists um, have some things that are true in them, and they have some lists or some things that are just not not right, um, and and yeah. Or there are things that are kind of right but need to be qualified. There you go. That's yeah. probably a yeah. better way to put it. Because there are things that are a little bit tweaked and stretched. Yeah, for sure. personal purposes. Yeah. Yes. So first list is this. So beware of lists like this. Jesus fed the hungry, loved the poor, was a brown-skinned Middle Eastern undocumented 
undocumented immigrant was outraged at systemic injustice, elevated women, defied the patriarchy, eschewed religious power dynamics, gave health care to those who couldn't afford it. Be like Jesus. So that's the first list. I'm going to just move on to the second one. Uh, there, there is some truth to all those, by the way. There is. Some. some. Yeah. That, this is the problem. Yeah. And the next one, you're going to find the same thing. Not as, no, not as much truth to the second one. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> I was gonna what does that make me? I, was gonna, I had a name that popped into my head, but I refrained. <laughs> Started with an L. I did, too. <laughs> Ended with a tar. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now we're going to get in trouble. I'm just going to say yeah. something every week now that okay. gets me in trouble. There we go. <laughs> well, that would be a, keep, keep that it would be a stretch. <laughs> a New Year's resolution. <laughs> All right. Second list. Jesus fought for a traditional definition of marriage, opposed sex outside heterosexual marriage, loved his country, defied cultural elites, chose 12 men to lead the church, affirmed gender is a defined, or excuse me, affirmed gender is defined by biology fought for the infallibility of the Bible, said people who didn't believe in him didn't know God, was part of a traditional family, his followers approved the righteousness of military service, be like Jesus. Was it say he was part of a nuclear family? Uh, a traditional, traditional family. Just kidding. Which I think would be nuclear. Yeah. Yeah. So again, <laughs> um, in this list, we see, we see things that are, are completely accurate and true and some things that are, that are, that are stretched a bit. Sure. So, so I guess you already said why people do this. Um, we even know the groups that do it. Um, how do we how do we deal with this as Christians? Like, what's the what's the correct way to like? How do we do this better? I guess. I think for a lot of people, their their starting point in making a list like this is to affirm their own mm-hmm. views and their own thoughts, right? Rather than you know, it's a statement the Bible, of faith, right? Rather than letting the Bible <laughs> inform. You know, like you said, both of those lists have things that are true on yeah. them. And, you know, I think we, you know, going back to the social media conversation, we just live in an age where, you know, people double down and say, well, if this thing is true, then this other thing can't be true. Right. Right. And, and it's just not a good starting point. Yeah. What would you say to somebody that's outraged by one list and loves the other one? <laughs> either either list. I would say they're, they're like they're following a, the wrong God. They're following a, a, a political or a, a governmental entity because that's that's really what these lists do at the end of the day right yeah is they draw the line and they say you're either in this party or this party and what you think about these things tells me which one you're in sure and tells you which one you're in yeah instead like look jesus wasn't a republican or a democrat like we like that's what that's what the church stands up and says and needs to continue to stand up and say like we need to pull these people out of um this this vacuum they've been sucked into which has been created for them and, uh, and, and be a critical thinker, be an objective yeah. thinker, which means we go here to draw any conclusion on any given subject yeah. in the world around us. And, and some of them are going to fall over here maybe. And some of them are going to fall over here maybe a little more. And like, you need to be okay with that because right. he's right. He's right. So. Yeah. I love that, that who Jesus is transist, tr- sorry, transist, transcends, transcends yeah. both of these lists. We can't, we can't put them in a camp or in a box. Nope. Right. Um, there, there's things that he did that would outrage, you know, this party or totally. outrage that party. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's like, when you think about even what his kingdom is going to be like, 
Um, a lot of the stuff on the first list, which is the one that you know conservatives would have the bigger problem with, sure. um, are probably going to be a lot of what we, we get to see without all the sin and corruption and, and, and the sure. political agenda and all that. Um, but it's like, and, and then there's a lot of stuff in the second list that are like, I mean, I can't wait for all of this to be reconciled and, and you know, cleared yeah. up because it's, you know, but it, again, it, it's. Well, that's the point, right? Is what, what if, what if they're both right? Like, what if it's all okay? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. Like, and, and what if, what if you could be okay with all of it being okay? Right. This is the problem. This is, I, I think what puzzles me is that we're, we're not okay with, um, with thinking outside the box, with having, you know different things be okay with us. We always have to fit in again to the, to the column that's been, you know, assigned yeah. to us. Right. Um, or we feel lost or like we don't have an identity and it's just like, be okay. Start being okay yeah. with just, with just truth of any given subject being okay, no matter what well, it looks and, like. And hopefully maybe have a little compassion for, for somebody that favors one list over the other. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, and, and try to understand where they're coming from and why. I yeah. mean, this is something, again, when you go go back to the earlier thing we were talking about as far as just no charity among people anymore. And um, anyway. Yeah. I think it was Keller that said something along the lines that if, if your God never disagrees with you, yeah. you might have just created an idealized version of yourself. Right. And, and realizing when we approach lists yep. like these, like, like the Bible should push back against us and God's word should, um, you know, rub us the wrong way and should cause us offense and cause us to think and reconsider our viewpoints on things. Yeah. Well, here, here were a couple of the conclusions that this guy came to on these lists. He said, everybody wants to pick and choose aspects of Jesus to make him the mascot of their personal cause. But number one, Jesus is Lord, not a mascot. Jesus does not submit to himself or sorry, Jesus does not submit himself to our causes. Our causes must submit themselves to Jesus. Right. Thought that was good. And then the second one, he says, uh, this is exactly what the Ten Commandments forbid in taking the Lord's name in vain. To put God's name on your flawed cause equals to take the Lord's name in vain. I thought that was that was good, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know that he's pleased if we if we assign him like, a, you know, you're, you're in this camp and, and stay there and, you know, enjoy it. It's right. Like, well. Which the, the church has largely done. Yeah. Yes. And then he ends with 2 Corinthians 11, 4. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, you put up with it readily enough. And this is where, you know, we get in trouble a lot for not taking a harder stance sometimes on things. And, and I think this you is mean what from the pulpit. Yeah, from the yeah. pulpit. Not, not, I mean, yeah. if we're, it, like we're, we're totally open, I think, all of us to sitting down, sitting down and having real thorough conversations about anything yeah. with people. Yeah, absolutely. But we, we, we're not going to use that platform to. Or to maybe, make that. or maybe to draw a line between us and them. Correct. Uh, which, which there is, there is a line there, you know, there is this thing, but, but when you're trying to reach people on one side of the line and people on the other side of the line, whatever that looks like, right. Uh, not, this isn't just political. This could be a lot of things, but, um, you know, the, the gospel is to go to, to all people. Right. And so, you know, you don't, you don't <laughs> alienate right. half the people you're trying to reach just for no good reason. So, right. Yeah. Yep. Well, fellers, that's what I got. Well, heck, that, that worked that out was, pretty good. I, I, I thought, thought you were going to go. Yeah. For some reason in my mind, I'm thinking, like, he wants us to go through, like, each of these statements uh-huh. and each of these lists. I didn't make that clear. I didn't think that and would be helpful. Like, thank you. No, yeah. thank you. Uh-huh. This, was, this, <laughs> this was better, dude. Yeah. Well, this is the, the shortest podcast maybe ever, but the shortest, no. But it's also the shortest day of the year today. Oh, yeah. Right. It's go. fitting that we have our shortest podcast on the shortest day of the Solstice. year. Solstice. 
winter solstice. Winter solstice. solstice. Yes. Solstice. <laughs> snow squall. That's why I did it, Chad. That's it was our gift to yeah, you. It was, it was intentional. As our faithful listeners, hope you all have a, a merry Christmas, and yeah. and we'll be back next week, a couple of days after Christmas, to to complain about whatever happened in our family gatherings. There we go. <laughs> Just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. When you guys can pray. You want to, Lord, thank you. Uh, just for discussions like this, where um, we can all um, just be aware and reminded continually of um, what what you're pleased with and what you're not pleased with. We thank we thank you for the things you've given us, the things you've blessed us with, like social media. Um, I pray that we would um, be convicted always to use those resources right, um, that we may uh, see you more grow closer towards you by what it is that we um, consume on there. And I I just pray for more wisdom for the church, more love for the church, just more of everything that your son had when he was here so that we may know exactly, um, again, what you want and what you don't want, what you're like and what you're not like. Um, and, And so, yeah, just continue to transform and cleanse and shape and change your bride every day to a world that needs to hear what the bride has to say and uh, help us to say it well. Help us to represent you well. And we ask it in your son's name. Amen. 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 See you next week. Thanks for tuning in to One Decent Pastor. If you'd like more information about the church, go to our website at thedoor3r.org.